Love Talk Radio. joining me this evening for another exciting version of Your Pleasure. Tonight, my guest is astrologer Janet Hickok. For the, it was supposed to be Kathy Blake, but Kathy got sick, and uh, I'm going to reschedule her because I feel like her topic is very important also, but we have to move on, and so tonight is going to be about sexual astrology, which those are my two favorite topics in the whole world, sexuality and sexual pleasure and astrology, and a combination of the two of them together, well, we're certainly not going to have a whole lot of time, but we're going to try to fit in as much as we possibly can. Now, Janet is also a host on the Under the Authentic You radio umbrella, and so I hope that everybody will listen to her show uh, when it comes on, because she has lots of great insights and advice. And tonight, I'm going to discuss with her the wonderful pleasures of the bodies and the combination of different signs together and how they can make things work. Now, I always felt that it was best to keep the elements together. So there's 12 astrological signs, and there are three uh, of each of the um, elements within that. And so I always thought air and air, like Gemini and Aquarius, or water and water, Pisces and Scorpio, Earth and Earth. But there are other combinations that work uh, as well. And if you know your astrological sign and the sign of the person that you have an interest in, uh, you can find out right away if you at least have similar priorities, if you're looking at the world in a similar kind of way. And even if you're not, you know, you don't want to look at the world exactly like your partner, but that you have an understanding. They know, they get you, they they understand you, and so that you can resonate and work off of each other to become the, the most beautiful couple that you can be. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest for this evening. Her name is Janet Hickok. And um, Janet, are you there? I am, and I'm oh, so thank happy you to so be much. here. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it was a last-minute kind of thing. It wasn't like I wasn't going to invite you. I've just been planning things out. <laughs> and uh, here you are, sooner than I thought, but that's that's great. It's just absolutely wonderful to have you. So, well, thank you um, very much. What do you think about uh, astrological signs and in relationships? Do you think people should at least ask or, you know, just kind of uh, get together and wing it? <laughs> well, getting together and winging it, I suppose, has its advantages. But 
Uh, notice that when you're, you know, in a social situation, a lot of times the question turns to what sign are you? So it's yes. almost like on some unconscious level we have this idea in our minds that there are certain people that we're going to be compatible with. Yes. And so we're seeking that out right from the beginning through something we might know about astrology. So, yes, definitely it would be a good thing to find out because, for example, uh, if you're a Gemini, Pisceans are going to be difficult energy for you to deal with. And so you may already uh, know something about the two of you in a relationship, like steer clear. Right, right. And I can tell you I know several relationships between Geminis and Pisceans, and not necessarily married because I can't even imagine that, but just <laughs> as uh, people who know one another, and they sort of steer clear of each other because it's like they rub each other the wrong way. And I don't understand it because Piscean can be so sweet and, and so deep and so loving and so creative and artistic and Gemini also has those elements to it. I don't know if they're necessarily sweet people, but they can, um, they're very um, insightful and they know how to communicate really well and, and get their point across. So you would think that there would be some kind of, um, you know, meeting between the minds, but um, in every situation where I, I see them, especially if they're even thinking about a romantic relationship, you can see that it's not going to be, they just don't meet. They're not going to, they're not going to be <laughs> on the same astrological yes, plane. Yes. It's like mixing oil and water, actually. Well, and indeed, because partly the reason is that um, Gemini, in, in some respects, is very, it's a very mental energy, and it's very much superficial in that, you know, don't take me too deep. You know, just give me the bare, you know, the the, the surface of, of what's going on. But Pisces is much deeper than that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if you look at the two fishes, one fish is in the conscious, the other one is down in the subconscious or, you know, in the depths. And that's very uncomfortable for Gemini-type people. So there would have to be something else in their charts that would be drawing them together. And, you know, what we're talking about right now, Ellen, is really the sun sign. And right. the sun sign really tells us about your uh, your will, sort of your inner character, what you're here to do. Yeah. Um, it's your rising sign that tells us more about your personality. So when we're, when we're looking at, you know, say, Gemini and, and Pisces getting together, that's really only one piece of a, of a much bigger puzzle. Uh, and there, so there could be times when those signs would get along, but the draw would be coming from some other connection that the two have in their chart. Yes, that's a very, very good point, because I'm not saying that I know any Pisceans and Geminis who were married, but um, I do know uh, some signs that are married. And, you know, you can see that there's a little bit of tension. Like I, I have one couple in particular. She's Taurus, and he is Libran. And you would think that since they're both um, under the Venus um, planet, Rulership. Yep. And they have, you know, similar, um, you know, a similar approach to the beauty of life, et cetera, that they would um, get along really well. But it, it seems like the Taurus uh, needs a little bit more romance, and the Libran is more of a mental sign. It doesn't seem like they want to be quite as romantic. It's, for them, it's more of a sexual thing and a physical thing, but not necessarily a romantic thing, where the, the Taurus seems to need 
more romance and more attention than the Libran can um, can give them. So there you have earth and air. And you think about earth and air holding hands, and air is flying over the top of earth, and very rarely do they hold hands. In fact, the only time they <laughs> hold hands is when a, a tornado is flying through and whipping up the earth. <laughs> and that's and notice just, how destructive a tornado can be. <laughs> so... Um, and astrologically, what happens here with, say, Taurus and Libra is that they are in a 150-degree angle to each other, if you you know, mm-hmm. looking at a 360-degree wheel. And at that particular degree, they are in, they're sort of out of sorts. There is nothing in common between the two. So they have a lot of work to do to even see each other's perspectives. Yes, and that's, yes, that's part of that agree. problem. If you knew this couple I was thinking of, you would say, oh, my goodness, how do these two get along? How about... Libran male and Cancerian female. And there you have air and water. And I always thought that that was not necessarily a very good combination. I always thought that they were attracted to each other, very attracted to each other, something about the artistic nature or the sensitive nature of the water sign would be attracted to the the um, intellectual and the power of the air sign. Um, but then, you know, how do you think that works for uh, a relationship? Well, you know, this one could be could be beautiful, but it could also be fraught with some challenges because these two signs, Libra and Cancer, are 90 degrees away from each other. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so you're talking a, a square in, in astrology, which means challenges or, you know, some sort of obstacles to overcome. Now, ideally... See, these two um, are in the same mode. In other words, there are there are three modes: cardinal, fixed, and mutable signs. Right. So there are four in each, you know, category. Well, Libra and Cancer are both uh, cardinal signs, so they're oh. both great at beginning stuff, but there's not very much follow through there. So, um, do they make a really good long term couple? Yeah, probably, probably not. But all things can, um, it, it may be the lessons that they would learn together could bring them together closer. Um, but again, you're still dealing with, you know, cancer, very protective, uh, security-oriented, looking for something solid as a foundation for themselves and their life and would expect a partner, especially, the, you know, the, I think you said the, the cancer was a female. Yes, so she's yes. looking, you know, for that nurturing and somebody to nurture and Libra man is, you know, more airy and uh, and intellectual, and not necessarily given to the stay-at-home kind of model that uh, a Cancer woman might want. Right. So there could be some sparks. That. Now let me ask you, because I always thought that it was not a good idea to pair up two of the same sign, and it just seems that most. If you, you know you get a Gemini and a Gemini, or a Libra and a Libra, it, it just seems in those instances that familiarity breeds contempt. But if you, the only time that that seems to be that it seems to work is when you put two Virgos together. Now, do you do you have a, a, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah. For instance, if you're if you're talking Gemini, Gemini is a, do, a sign of the twins, so you're talking four people in that relationship. Yes. Yes. Four <laughs> Not people. Not just two. It gets a little yeah, crowded so, in that bed, boy. 
Yeah, so, you know, it's, you know maybe about 50% of the time you're getting along. Maybe you're on the same track. But the other, you know, 50% of the time, who knows which twin is in the picture. And, um, you know, some of the signs do get along really well together. And, again, that could be a function of other uh, signatories in in the uh, actual chart. But for the most part, you know, when you're talking dual signs like that or, or signs that are of the same qualities, um, y- you've got too much of the same. You know, where is the uh, diversity? Where's the um the opposite attracts kind of thing here. So, right, right, right. So it, it, I mean, and the, I think the same element works. Like if you put a Gemini and a Libran together, or a Libran and an Aquarian, or a Gemini and Aquarian, they're all air signs. So they, you know, they they have a, a solid foundation of respect for the other's intellect or sensitivity or whatever it is the glue that attracts them to each other but they're not so much the same kind of person so that they get bored with one another right right and you know as we're talking about all these different signs once we get to the you know the the meat and potatoes here which is the sexual relationship between signs right. is you get you know, a whole different planet enters into the picture, into the talk here, and that is Mars. And the placement of Mars in a chart really can tell about the physical dynamic between the two. Um, But there's also, you know, the emotional and the mental and the uh, spiritual dynamics between the signs. So you've got four planes of existence, really, that, you know, you that go into figuring uh, what signs are going to get along or what people are going to get along. Right, right. I, I think that, um, and I also think that, you know, you put together certain signs are a lot more sexual than other signs. Some signs uh, do what they have to do, and uh, sex is not necessarily an art for them as much as it is a need, something that needs to be taken care of. And then others, other signs, look at it more as a ritual, something to be enjoyed slowly where there's candlelight and maybe incense and the right kind of lighting. And then, you know, you put maybe, say, an Aries in that kind of a situation, and they're like, would you please turn the lights on? I can't see what I'm doing. So, <laughs> Let's try something different. <laughs> So I, I, I think that you really have to be careful when you, you know, you want to put like a super sensitive romantic type, uh, we'll say a, uh, a Libran or a, a Scorpio. I don't know how romantic Scorpions are. They're I know that they intense, are pretty intense. Well, do you think so? Yeah, they're very intense when it comes to, um, I mean, they are the ones that exude that sexual magnetism and that uh, sex appeal. Um, I was. It was funny because somehow today I ended up with a blog from somebody that had pinup posters of the, uh, what pinups would look like for each of the the twelve zodiac signs. And as I'm scrolling through, I'm just chuckling because each of these paintings of women um, pinups totally matched the signs in my own mind as I'm looking at them. And we get to Scorpio, and it's like the the total. Uh, oh, what is that show? Where who? Framed Roger Rabbit, you know the Jessica character, that very yes, yes. sensuous, voluptuous woman, and that's that's very much Scorpio, very sexual, and even if they're not particularly curvy or um, uh, you know thinking of themselves in a sexual way, they exude that that sort of sexuality that attracts other people to them. And uh, so, I mean, they, they, I don't know that they consciously are aware of that. Once they are, then they begin to use that power 
uh, in their relationships or, you know, in, in the world in some way. Uh, but that, I think, is probably the most sexual sign. And then you have a sign like Taurus, which instead of sexual, is very sensual. And they yeah. put they put the whole idea of sex together with, you know, uh, all those, the, the seeing, feeling, touching, you know, the whole smell, all those senses come into play. And, you know, they're the ones that like to be wooed and massaged and, you know, have candles lit and have the scent in the room. And, you know, they're really, you know, they're the romantic um, you know, sexual sign. Right. Um, I, I definitely can see that, especially. But yeah. that's where you're really talking more about the uh, Taurian female because right. uh, Taurian males seem to be more on the receiving end. They, they will kind of lay back and let you make love to them but they don't necessarily do a whole lot of pursuing. They sort of no. remind me of Ferdinand the Bull, sitting under the flower tree, <laughs> sniffing the flowers, waiting for some you know cow to come by and give him you know batter eyes and come and sit under the, the tree. And then of course he'll go for it because it's. You I know, have it's one word for you for for Torian men when it comes to sex, and that word is stamina, because <laughs> they can go all night. <laughs> Well, I'm sure all the Torian men out there are going to enjoy hearing that. Now, I have to ask, what do you think about Capricorns, Capricorn male in particular? I mean, I, I've read a lot of things about Capricorn males, and I thought a little, some of it was kind of scary. So what's your take on the Capricorn, say, as a lover? Well, I think, you know, Capricorn men are, um, they're very power-driven and they're very successful. And they are also those people that um, expect some sort of, um, they, they, they have a, a reputation for being ruthless. And they expect that anybody underneath them is going to be completely given to them. So, it, it, to me, Capricorn men want it all on their terms. Yeah, but yeah. They, they're they're also an earth sign and so they can they also have cap or uh, cancer sitting at the other end pulling in some emotional components so if they can if they can give in to the emotional connection uh when they're with a partner then it can be enjoyable for both but if they get into that you owe it to me kind of attitude then you know they're just not going to be the ones that I want to be with for sure would you think, would you, uh, just off the top, would you think that they are very sexually diverse kind of people? Like they enjoy a lot of different kinds of sexual experimentation, uh, maybe on uh, the fringes of society a little bit, or do you think they're more of the missionary types? I would say they're more of the missionary types. I mean, the planet that rules Capricorn is Saturn, and Saturn is the traditionalist. And so their expectation would be, you know, that everything should be the way that it should be, and that means I make the first move. Um, you're here to please me. <laughs> some more, some of those more structured and formatted uh, energies as opposed to the free-flowing. If you right. want somebody who wants to think outside of the box, then you want an Aquarian male. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to be unconventional. Aquarians, they do think outside the box. No pun intended, but they are not necessarily the most sexual people around, are they? No, not necessarily, not at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, you and would, I mean, they're very free-spirited, and, you know, they enjoy people. In fact, I once read, and I, I really believe this, that it, Aquarians love humanity. It's people they can't stand. <laughs> Well, here's the problem if, if you're thinking Aquarian, is that they tend to be sort of aloof and standoffish. 
So they're yes, not very yes. emotionally engaged with their partners. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have emotions or that they're not capable of loving and that kind of thing, but they're much more out there on uh, uh, the detached side of things. So right. detached, in fact, that they're often the ones that would be involved in open marriages or in you know partnerships that are very free loving and yes. uh, yes. and when yes. I say open, it's that you know I can go and and sleep with someone else tonight is and you know that's just part of the freedom that they they want to have uh, exactly. within those relationships. Yeah, it really yeah. takes a, a certain kind of individual to be with an Aquarian um, because, like you said, they they live by their own rules and they are very, very free-spirited. And, you know, they, when it comes to sexuality especially, they own their own bodies, they own their own minds, and nobody owns their genitals. So they're pretty much going to do whatever they want regardless of what the contract says. I, I think a lot of Aquarians say, you know what, we don't need to sign any contracts. If you want to be with me, it's going to be on my own terms. And if you don't want to be with me, that's your loss. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. they're they're sort of the, those they're so detached at times they can't even see um, you know, what effect it's having on the other person, you know, they're wanting this kind of freedom. So that would be it's a difficult um placement. I mean, you would certainly have to have someone with a lot of other energies in their chart to balance out that Aquarian need for freedom and, uh, you know, for those aloof sort of tendencies that they have. Right. Now, let me yeah. ask you, remember I was talking before about pairing up different elements and mm-hmm. that it's better to stay away from the same signs. But I read that the one combination is Virgo-Virgo, that you could put two Virgos together, and for some reason they can they can last. And I know a couple of Virgo teams, and, you know, this 25 years later they're still going strong. So, um, you know, I would think that uh, they can do it. They're a mutable sign, aren't they? Yeah, and you know what's funny about Virgo is that I, every time I think of a Virgo couple, I think of that show that was ages old, and now I'm probably dating myself, but uh, The Odd Couple. Yeah. And where the one one was the neat Nick, the fastidious, you know, cleaner, and the other one was the slob. Well, right. in reality, they're sort of, I swear they were both Virgos, but just playing at the opposite end of each of those, <laughs> the energies right. of that right, time. Right, right. And so in, in that case, I mean, in their perfection-seeking uh, behaviors, they, they sort of left each other alone. I mean, they may have picked on, you know, the things that they were doing out in the world or what have you, but they were drawn together um, from that perfection-seeking um, behavior, almost as right. if they, they had a, an inner knowing that no other sign would be perfect enough. Right. <laughs> because of, that's just the way that they think. They're they're very much uh, perfection-seeking. So I, I think they would work. The only time that, uh, you know, a Virgo male is the one that would be more difficult to live with than the Virgo female because... Amen, honey. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're very... Um, they're very picky and and they're very almost you know to a fault they're picking apart everything you can't cook right you can't clean right um you know my tendency would be to tell you to do the laundry yourself then or you know clean the house and they would do it right but that you know they're also if they're criticizing in one area they're also criticizing in other areas and that would be very difficult energy to live with um right but they can make very excellent detail-oriented people if you need them in a project somewhere. Right. The only sign we haven't touched on so far is the Sagittarius. 
And I hear that Sagittarian, half man, half beast, is a very powerful lover. Hung like a horse, that whole thing, <laughs> and, uh, and that they have a lot of staying power. Do you think that's true? Oh, I believe it, absolutely. But they're also the adventurers of the Zodiac. And so, yes, that's right. um, kinky ones. <laughs> yeah, so, so they'll dare to go into territory that, you know, other people uh, might not go into. Um, they are fun-loving and they, they're adventurous. So, you know, if you're looking for, if, if you're bored in your relationship, then go look for a Sagittarian lover because you're going to get something different. And they're also uh, a fire sign, so it's passion and yeah. and uh, yeah. heart connection. So, but you really have to like sex to be with. <laughs> say, well, and we're talking about a Sagittarian, say, in his 30s and maybe even early to mid 40s. You know, you're talking about somebody who has pretty much a ravenous sexual appetite, and you really have to like sex because if you don't like sex or if it's more of a chore for you or you just don't have that kind of staying power to hang in there, you know, that can really grow very tired after a while. I mean, on one hand, I think it's fantastic, but on the other hand, you know, I think it sounds more like a dream. It sounds better in in fantasy than it does in reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I I think it would be kind of fun to get an Aries and a Sag together. You know, yeah. <laughs> the, the adventure what did you just and the pioneeringness. You know, the, they would sort of two firesides that would be adventurous together, right. and uh, but and Aries would be strong enough to say, "Hey, enough is enough, right? I'm done." Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, so. you know, we only have about five minutes left, and um, I think that you know we're going to have to talk again, Janet. I don't know. <laughs> You know, my favorite subject, so I could talk forever on, on all topics under astrology. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, if anyone would like to reach out to you to get their chart read, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, and then okay. this way, uh, you know, if you, you know, yeah. somebody wants a little bit more in-depth, then they can reach you, okay? Absolutely. My website is www.living-astrology.com. And you can reach me by email at Janet at living-astrology.com. And I do all types of readings. I mean, my favorite kinds of readings are um, destiny readings. That's that's my, my sort of calling card reading is trying to help people find their destinies and their life purposes. But I also do solar return readings, meaning a birthday chart that's showing the themes coming up for your year. And I also like to do relationship-type charts, so... And there's a couple of ways that we can work with relationships to see, you know, what the challenges are going to be and the likely uh, ways for you to overcome those challenges. Right. So please, let you know, me know if you want to read it. Always, I always caution everyone to beware the man of one book. And uh, what that basically means is that, you know, you, it, life should not be lived according to just one edict. But when you open yourself up to all the different kinds of teaching and wisdom that are out there, you are going to make much better decisions, not just based on your logical mind, but based on your heart and your feelings about how things are. And if you know your astrological sign and if you have an understanding about why you are motivated the way you are motivated, you kind of understand yourself then this kind of understanding, this kind of self-knowledge 
helps you to make better choices in your life. And um, astrology has always served me. I can't tell you how much. I mean, any time that I went in the opposite direction and said, no, no, that's in my younger days, no, no, that's not true, and, you know, I'm not going to let that affect me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what ends up happening is it ends up coming up and biting you right in the butt. So if you want a little bit of insight, if you want a little bit more layers of a relationship and why things seem to be tense or why things are, can be so easy in one kind of a friendship and so tense in another, I think having that understanding of the astrological sign that you're interested in can only help you to understand them a little better and in understanding them to also understand the relationship and why it's working or why it's not working. Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank well you said. so much for uh, joining me tonight. Uh, I want to also thank my audience very, very much for tuning in. Uh, if you have questions, if you would like um, to know more, uh, definitely check out Janet's uh, website. She's full of information. She's a very insightful person, as you could tell by our interview today. The woman knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just help yourself, you know, with a couple of signposts. Knowing your astrological sign, understanding it is just a signpost in life that will help you make better decisions for your own life and for your relationship. Uh, everybody out there, I am looking forward to my, um, my interview next week. I'm going to be interviewing on biohormone replacement therapy for all those women out there in their mid to late 50s who need a little help to get their libido up. Uh, this is a completely different way of um, adding a little bit of therapy so that uh, things can get juicy once again and so that your libido can actually rise to the challenge. And I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Please visit my website. I actually have an entire page on sexual astrology. All the signs are listed there for male and female. Enjoy. Thank you so much, and thank you, Janet, for being with me tonight. Oh, thank you, Ellen, for having me. It was my pleasure. Same here. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>